Hi friends, this is Will Parker. Before I jump into today's episode, I wanted to tell you a few things that are coming up soon, just in the next couple of weeks. If you are looking for professional learning this summer, there are three events that I wanted to put on your radar. One is the COSA Summer Leadership Conference, which is hosted by our Principals Association here in Oklahoma, June 8th through 10th at the Norman Embassy Suites Conference Center in Norman, Oklahoma. It's going to have some fantastic speakers, both in person and virtual options, and we would love to see you there. Next, Minnesota's Association of Secondary School Principals is hosting its summer conference June 16 through 18 at Breezy Point Resort in Minnesota, and they have invited me to come and speak about my newest book, Pause, Breathe, Flourish, Living Your Best Life as an Educator. I'll be keynoting at that event on June 16th, 2021. And then finally, the Texas Association of Secondary School Principals is hosting its own conference this year virtually, beginning June 16th and running through the 18th. And I will be doing a session for them virtually also about my book, Pause, Breathe, and Flourish, on June 17th. So feel free to reach out. If you live in any of those areas and you want to connect with me over the next few weeks at those events, I will be happily send you information about how to register for those if you want to reach out to me at will at williamdparker.com. Now let's jump into this week's episode, Principal Matters Podcast, episode 247. Hi friends, this is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast where each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, we're talking about leading through a pandemic with my special guest, Kimberly Miles. Kimberly Miles is the principal of East Gresham Elementary School in Gresham, Oregon. She is an 11-year principal veteran who has been a turnaround principal she has her dissertation work in school leadership, and I'm going to give her an opportunity to introduce herself a little bit more. If you listen to episode 246, you got to hear Kimberly as we sat together in a mastermind reunion conversation. But this week, I wanted to pull into this conversation with Kimberly because we want to talk specifically about leading through unfinished learning. And so, Kimberly Miles, welcome to the Principal Matters podcast. You are a longtime listener and friend and mastermind friend, and we've connected in so many different ways, but is there something surprising that listeners may want to know about you before we jump into today's questions? Hmm, something surprised me, uh, surprising. Not really sure. I think I've shared everything so far with you. Um, I guess I just love what I do and I get to do it every single day. So that's what's not, maybe not surprising, but important to know. Well, tell listeners a little bit about some of the work you did previous to East Gresham Elementary, because I just want to set some context for things that you that are passions for you in school leadership. So a little bit of my background, I was an elementary uh, school teacher and uh, taught second, third, and fourth grade. Loved that. I transitioned into a reading coach uh, to facilitate uh, early literacy instruction, and I learned uh, a lot and had the opportunity to really grow as an educator. I transitioned then into a district instructional coach 
and worked alongside some colleagues that really helped me to stretch and grow, um, moving beyond literacy to math and writing as well. And then I had the opportunity to also facilitate a summer school for five years with um, the district that I was in, and that was fabulous. And then I got my first principal job. Um, it was a, a really quaint school in um, Southern Oregon, and I learned a lot there. It was, a, again, another elementary school. And then I had the opportunity to, again, stretch and grow as a uh, learner. As, as, who leads in facilitating a school improvement grant as a turnaround model here at East Gresham Elementary in the Gresham Barlow School District. And that is a journey that I am always grateful for. I, again, learned so much. Well, Kimberly, one of the reasons that I'm so excited to talk to you is because of your passion for teaching and learning. And as I talk to school leaders about walking out of this pandemic or trying to manage through the whatever phase they're in, because I know for you guys in the conversation that we had most recently are just now stepping back into students being present. And, but at the same time, you have a lot of kids that are still in hybrid or virtual options, as far as I understand. But in the last conversation that we had together with our group, we were also just talking about, in addition to teacher exhaustion, in addition to addition to decision fatigue or questions about the credibility of our own leadership. You, you also mentioned just the, the difficulty of, of knowing that teaching and learning needs to be the primary goal of focus for schools. And yet it's become secondary or sometimes third or fourth on the list of things that we're trying to accomplish now. And so I know that's a passion area for you. And so I wanted to just start there because as you've thought about as a school leader, the, the difficulty of trying to manage teaching and learning while also taking care of the social emotional needs of kids and families through this crisis that we've been experiencing, how are you, um, how are you planning ahead? What are some things that you're thinking about in terms of moving forward to try to regain ground when it comes to being the lead learner in your building? So I really think it's important for me to remember and to revisit that learning never stops. We're always moving forward. And as the, um, as the principal, I need to model that with my uh, fabulous teachers and staff here at East Gresham and remember that it's not me alone, but it's we together. And so what can we do to propel our students, accelerate learning for each of our edu educator or students and educators? So I'm answering your question in a roundabout way, but I'm always thinking about um, acceleration in um, what do our students need to do for the next step. So learning hasn't stopped. It's definitely different. It's not, um, with the academic press that maybe I've wanted to in the past, but that's okay because we're not only managing and navigating um, learning for our students and our staff, but we're also making sure that their social emotional um, needs are met as best we can. So that is balancing versus um, prioritizing one or the other. It's really this dance that we do every day and we take a temperature check of what our students' needs are and then we need to um, hold up that mirror and think to ourselves, okay, what do we need to do more or differently to not only have this continuation of what uh, students need to know and be able to do, but the emotional health also that they need to feel good about themselves as in the spot where, where they're at right now during this um, time of a pandemic. 
and um, knowing that both are important. Those are both really important priorities, Kimberly. I appreciate that because I, I feel like there's this tension, there's constant tension between managing the social and emotional needs of not just students and, and families, but also teachers, you know, because this has been such a hard year for them. But then at the same time, not forgetting the priorities that you have for, for learning and instruction, because ultimately that the, the goal of those students being able to, to progress in their learning is still the passion of, of a school. And so I wanted to ask that question to you. What are some of the ideas or advice that you have for education leaders as they're strategizing unfinished learning? And I really appreciate that term you shared with me that you've pulled out through your research of, of not just looking at this as learning loss, but looking at this as, as unfinished learning. So what advice would you have for leaders as they're grappling with these tensions? So the one thing that we do uh, at East Gresham Elementary is we really prioritize the time that teachers have together to collaboratively plan and look at whatever assessment data that we have in, uh, available to us and really uh, give them time to make the decisions and to those instructional moves that are needed to support their kids. So I think the, one of the biggest lessons I've learned is what can I take off the teacher's plates in order for them to have more time together to really look at the needs of not just the kids that are in their classroom, but in their grade level teams, or if they're a specialist like an English language uh, learner teacher, what can they do together as a team to um, help this student understand that this is your goal and this is what I'm gonna do to help you. And this is what you can, as a student can do to help yourself. And so time, what can I, do in my um, framework of teaching and learning that would allocate more time to the teachers. And then, you know, what are the, um, the I wanna say big rocks that we're going to all implement um, so that we can measure and monitor the effectiveness of what we're doing and is it effective and making an impact on the kids, not only again, their academic needs, but also their social emotional health so that kids can feel somewhat of a safe and trusting um, learning environment as we are um, learning through a computer screen um, through uh, or in classroom in a hybrid model. So whatever option the student is, is that we are taking time together to fix, figure it out. And, and I know that what works at East Gresham in terms of the, the models or the master schedules that you create may not be the same that would work for someone else, but there are conditions that were important to you to think through, to plan ahead for what you want to do in the summer or what you want to do moving forward. And I know from the last conversation that you and I had um, in episode 246, you, you shared a master schedule suggestion with some of the people in that room of ways that you guys are looking toward helping with unfinished learning. And so I know in the, in an, in a podcast session like this with the, without the ability to see this, and I'm happy to share a link if you want to, if, if you want to share something that I could show other listeners um, in the show notes, but, but what I would like to do is just ask you to talk a little bit, Kimberly, about how you developed that kind of plan. And what were some of those priorities or those rocks that you held on to that help you think about how you prioritized your own master schedule in trying to address unfinished learning? You know, it's interesting that you asked that question because I just came from a principal meeting where we had that conversation uh, together. So notice that I said that teachers need time to collaborate. Principals also need time to collaborate together. And we just came to a decision of what are those priorities that we're all going to implement no matter what 
a school, uh, a student in our district attends, what are they all gonna have access to? Because that's where the equity conversation comes into play is that each of our children need access to these um, core um, content and um, opportunities. And so it's to, um, we made a decision as a district team. And then I also, be, I shared the schedule with you that wasn't something that I did. It was something that was collaboratively created. So I have somebody who has that thinking in their head and they came through with the schedule and then we brought it to the leadership team and okay, these are the our core values. Does this schedule align with those core values? You know, the blocks of time for um, English language arts and math and social emotional um, opportunities and restorative justice, convert circle conversations, et cetera. So again, Building the schedule requires that, you know, what is it that we value, we put it together, but then we revisit and we those uh, people that are on the leadership then take then take it back to their grade level teams. Does this match what we value here at East Gresham Elementary so that, again, each of our students has an opportunity to have access um, to, in order to have equitable outcomes for um, hmm. Wow, that's really important. And so I love the non-negotiables that you guys have decided on collaboratively for these are the priorities. What what were one or two of those non-negotiables for you guys in terms of trying to make sure that you're that you were matching each other's priorities? Well, one of the things that was really um, I'm really proud of the work that we do at Gresham Barlow School District. One of the prior priorities we had was do we have time in our schedules for teachers to collaborate together? Because again, mm -hmm. if we value collaboration, do our schedules allow that when we meet together or when teachers meet together, is it built into their day so that they're not doing it um, late into the evening or early morning, that we're giving the teachers time to do the work that we all have agreed upon that we value. That's one example. And then of course, we're really focused in on early literacy here at East Gresham or in literacy in general. And does our um, framework, our schedule match that um, focus? Are we giving the allotted time needed and more time? Because you never have enough time, right? Um, so are we allocating the time needed to have um, to have that occur every single day? And then we talked about, you know, what are those um, components in that uh, allocated block of time? And we talked about that as well. We, you know, we're agreeing on um, not just um, early literacy, but, you know, comprehension and vocabulary and writing. Writing's a big piece of it. So are we, um, is that enough time? And those are rich conversations. And, you know, I had to step back and say, hmm, okay, so that wasn't really in the schedule. So I need to make a little tweak. So it's not just um, the teachers, you know, um, making modifications, I as a leader have to stand back and say, okay, I forgot that component in our schedule. And so I need to incorporate, for example, more writing time. So it's not just what they have to do, it's what I have to do differently too, and make that happen in creating the systems that support that. Those are really good examples. And I, I don't know if this would be helpful, Kimberly, but I, I want to go this direction for just a moment. And from two perspectives, one, the perspective of the student, and then one, the perspective of the teacher. And and um, and so so help me because um, I know that when you're looking at your master schedule and you're trying to prioritize how do we address and finish learning, um, before I before I step into the student or teacher scenario, are you guys developing this for summer programming or are you looking at it for fall or are you looking at it for both? Uh, for fall, for fall. Okay, so let me so with that mindset, I, I want to put myself in the position, let's pretend I'm a third grader in your school. 
for just a moment mm -hmm. and, and kind of walk me through from the eyes of that third grader, what kind of, um, what kind of schedule he or she may encounter and that may look different every single day, but let's just kind of walk through that scenario from the perspective of that student that would show what kind of engagement matches some of those priorities that you that you guys have tried to hold on to. One of the things that I'm really um, excited about, and we've done it for a couple of years, is that we've got to remember that we've talked, you and I have talked a lot about um, kids being um, readers, and we've talked about, you know, having them be mathematicians, but I also think we also need to stop for just a little bit and think about the school culture. So what does it feel like when I walk into the building? What is it, you know, does the student want to attend? What is that, you know, that experience? So always have that in our head. So if I'm a third grade student and I walk into school, you know, it's not like, bam, I'm gonna go into reading. It's like, there's quiet music playing. There's, uh, and you know, encouragement on the board from the classroom teacher that's personalized to their students. We have this 10, 15, 20 minutes based on the needs of the child or the, or the grade level or even the class. Um, so they have some time where they can do some check-in. How are you doing today? Anything that we need to know to help you learn today? And then we transition into, let's say, uh, math. And so um, actually we always start with reading first. So let me back up a little bit. So we start with reading. So what are what do I need to know and be able to do today? What's my, why am I, what am I learning and why is it relevant to me? And how will I know that I've learned it? Those clarity questions are really important to our school community because we think that it's really valuable to the child to give them their why and how will they know that they've learned it? And so that is, you know, we talk about student ownership. Well, that's the journey that they get to have. So you know, we transition into our reading goals and based on our prioritized standards, what do our, what do our kids really need to know and be able to do? And, and so we have, um, you know, that core literacy uh, instruction and then kids get to uh, maybe get into small groups where they get to again receive core. We're following the multi-tiered systems of support. So maybe I need a little bit more support in core. So during that time of literacy, I not only get to see, receive whole group instruction, but I get to receive individualized, personalized uh, instruction. And then, you know, I need a brain break. So we have lots of brain breaks during instruction where the kids get up and move or they do a little dance, whether it be go noodle or whatever. So it's lots of energy in the room. There's lots of reading going on, reading instruction where I get to practice that habit that I'm developing. And then um, we have um, music or PE or library times that kids get to receive a special. So they get to go do something out of the classroom and they get to step away and engage in those fun things. We're really excited. We just got a brand new music teacher. So um, we loved Mr. Alsa, but transitioning somebody new. And so, and then we um, uh, maybe go into another course subject, whether it be writing or, or math, but again, what am I learning? Why is it relevant to me? How will I know that I've learned it? Um, and then trying to personalize it to, um, to the students' needs, um, have lunch together with my classmates and go outside for recess and play, and then do some, um, we integrate science, social studies, and health into our core literacy. Uh, the standards are what we teach, but we use um, not only the ELA content, but science, social studies, and health in content, so it's really rich. So maybe in the afternoon, we get to experience some hands-on learning with that and, you know, have a little bit of fun with uh, science or even in investigating and through social studies. And then um, of course, math and uh, we have language uh, development as well. So kids that need language instruction, if you're in primary grades, they get to um, have that opportunity where they can um, have receive that instruction in class. 
and our language teachers push into the uh, intermediate classrooms and they enrich the content that's being taught. And we also are a Title I school. So um, every child, so there's 500 and currently 560 of them get individualized tier two instruction on what they need. And then at the end of the day, um, I've learned a lot and I'm ready to go home, but then I know what my learning goals are for the next day. And um, I have lots of time where I get to spend with my peers. Um, we have a lot of collaboration. We talk about collaborations with teachers, but we also have a lot of collaborations with kids. And so all throughout the day, they have different groups and they do a lot of talking, writing, speaking, and listening. And so it's a really um, active day. We're a sun school. So some of our children will transition into afternoon programming and then they go home really tired. Kimberly, I want to be a student at your school. That it's was just so, so that fun. was so, so good. And what was so happy for me is I felt like I was um, getting to be at your school. I've actually looked at the photos of your school online that you shared when you guys were transitioning into a new facility. And what a beautiful place that you have to welcome students and families. But also what a beautiful way to program in ways that your students said. There's several things that you said in there that I um, that I appreciated. One was, of course, not just the teaching and learning that's happening, but the culture, the importance of making sure those kids feel that they belong, that you provide them circles in the morning for reconnecting and making sure there's trusting relationships. And then all of that beautiful programming allows those kids to have such rich um, exposure to content and learning throughout the day in so many varieties of, of ways. So now let's, let's take that from the perspective of a teacher in your building, because obviously it's not just one instructor who's managing all of that learning for kids or they would never have time for collaboration. So that's, I also wanted to go down that avenue for a moment. How have you been able to structure that kind of learning in ways so that your teachers are meeting some of those priorities that you have for them? So before the pandemic, we were, uh, well, during the pandemic as well, but we're really um, focused in on the um, PLC process. And so we look at strategically um, uh, student performance data regularly and determine what they need to know. And so as a leader that, uh, that requires um, some professional learning on assessment literacy. And so we dove deep into what that looks like early in our um, turnaround um, years. And so have I provided the what the teacher, teachers need to know uh, and understand in order to facilitate really diving in deep into what the data tells us. But you mentioned something earlier, and I want to backtrack a little bit is that Yes, that's really important, but the school culture, um, developing a community where children and families want our, their children uh, to attend is really the most important goal that we have. And so creating that learning environment is not only important for the students, but the teachers as well. So I mentioned earlier about setting up time for collaboration and then um, assessment literacy requires professional learning. So that's ongoing. It's not something that happens just once, it's ongoing and really um, building um, a framework where leadership is shared. So it's not just me doing the directing, it's having a grade level team represent representatives from each um, component of our school and we make decisions together. So where do we need to go next is something that we are continually planning for and looking ahead towards so that um, we can make those decisions together. It should never just, this, I mentioned this before, it should never be about me, but it's about we. So what does that look like? And one thing that I really wanna um, emphasize, we look at each child, um, that's our word is each. So when, you know, we, we can say every, every, but we like to use the word each because it really personalizes 
looking at every student's needs and what do we need to do differently or more of to facilitate the growth that needs to occur. So if you walk into any of our classrooms, I think it would be really hard to determine you know, who maybe has an individual education plan or who's my language learners because um, that inclusiveness is felt not only with the students, but with the staff as well for uh, each of our learning environments. And that's really important to us, which is why we share our school story on social media a lot, because it gives you um, parents and families a view into the classroom and what it feels like, what, it's, what it looks like. And I, that's what we're looking for is that inclusiveness, belongingness, culture that prioritizes um, I always think of Jimmy Costas's work, Culturize, right? So um, give him a little plug there, but yeah, that's what we do. So I'm not that's sure fantastic. that answers your question. Oh, but yes, it does answer the question. And it just reminds me of a conversation that I had. You know, I'm a secondary person, Kimberly. And so, um, and so it's always fun to just kind of unpack those dynamics from the elementary through the secondary experience. But I remember a conversation I had with a head football coach several years ago when we were working in professional learning communities and he was kind of having an aha moment when he was like, you know, this is just what we do on our football teams. Every single week we pull together, we watch tape, we, we analyze plays, we figure out what's working, what's not working. But that's only one component of leading a team. The other component is culture, you know, making sure that this is a place where people want to belong, where people trust each other, where people can rely on each other. So I really appreciate those components that you have of that balance of, of the importance of both, of making sure that there's, that the, that the right people are plugged into the right priorities with relationships, but they're also given the capacity to really help kids grow in their learning um, and in their instruction. And Kimberly, I know this is a passion for you. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to pull you back into this conversation and have Principal Matters listeners be a part of this conversation is because you have spent a lot of years helping schools reach these kinds of goals. And so I, I wanted to ask you this as a closing question. What are some of the concerns that you have as you look forward to us leaving this pandemic and trying to step back into this kind of committed, these kind of committed learning environments? I just want students and their parents to know that we are doing our very best to not only um, facilitate learning, but their children are safe, they're cared for, they're valued, they are special, I'm gonna get emotional, and that we will do whatever it takes to support their learning and growth to whatever goals that we wanna set for them. And it may be slow at first, but we're gonna do it together. And um, it's really important to us that that happens first in order for learning to occur. So creating that warm, welcoming, we get to be here every single day. School is awesome. My teachers love me. And I wanna do a shout out to our staff. Our staff is relentless, that's our word, are relentless in this pursuit that students feel appreciated for who they are and their strengths that they bring. And um, yeah, that's the most important thing. That's fantastic. Well, Kimberly Miles, it has just been such an incredible privilege to sit in the room with you again. I, I admire and honor the work that you do as a school leader. And I want Principal Matters listeners to be able to connect with you because I have a lot of leaders who uh, have been doing this work for a while, some who are brand new, some who are aspiring, but sometimes it's easy for us to feel alone. So could you share um, some ways that listeners could connect with you and in ways that you like to collaborate with other school leaders? Sure. Uh, yes, I'm uh, act pretty active on Twitter, a few things worth, so you can reach out to me there. Um, I'll have 
uh, will link my email uh, on our, the show notes. And I'm really sincere in this. If you're a leader out there, I don't want you to feel alone. I want you to feel that there's others out there who have done this work, who are doing this work. And, you know, I really enjoy connecting with other educators across the country. I learned so much for you, from you. And um, so I would hope that you would, um, if you have questions or if you want to learn more or if there's anything that I can do to support your work, I would hope that you would reach out. Well, Kimberly, thank you for that. And Principal Matters listeners, I will be sharing lots of these details in this week's show notes. But I just want to remind you that as you're stepping into whatever part of the semester that you're finishing, some of you are wrapping up school, some of you are close to wrapping up school, some of you have just welcomed kids back and now you're trying to figure out what summer is going to look like in the fall, you're not alone. So continue to reach out, continue to collaborate, continue to to connect with people like, like Principal Miles. Kimberly, thank you for your time. And Principal Matters listeners, thanks for doing what matters. Thanks so much, Will. Appreciate it. You can find other free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com.